Hello and welcome to another episode of Soccer Pints, your one-stop shop for all things American soccer. I'm your host, Will Clark. If you aren't familiar, Soccer Pints is an American soccer podcast where we cover everything we can about U.S. soccer, Americans in Europe, Major League Soccer, and many other exciting topics. If you missed last episode, we predicted the roster we thought we would see for the U.S. men's friendly against Mexico that will be taking place in two days on Wednesday, April 19th. So for today, I promised I would go through the actual roster and look at who was called up, who should have been called up, and also make a prediction at the starting 11 and the result that will come Wednesday night. Since we will be producing two shows this week, today will be a much shorter episode. I will answer a couple of questions specifically for this friendly and the roster selections themselves before wrapping things up. As you all should know by now, each episode of Soccer Pines, we will be featuring beer from some of the best breweries across the world while we discuss American soccer. And again, since we have two episodes this week, I am not going to do a full feature today. That will come on Friday's episode. But just as a sneak peek into who our feature is this week, we will have Green Bench Brewing out of St. Petersburg, Florida, one of my favorite Florida breweries to visit. It's in such a cool little spot. I'm really looking forward to sharing their story and having a few pints of theirs later this week with you. So instead, let's get right into this roster for Wednesday night's friendly against Mexico. Again, the game itself will be played at 10 p.m. Eastern time from Glendale, Arizona. Overall, I predicted a total of 23 players that would be in the squad, and it's exactly what was called in. I got two out of three goalkeepers correct, only four out of nine defenders correct, and out of the remaining 11 spots between the midfield and forward options, I had eight correct. So all in all, not a terribly off prediction considering the heavy MLS focus it does have. So at the goalkeeping spot, we had Sean Johnson and Roman Celitano as correct selections. Both of them deserve it. They're having great years. I'd really like to see Roman actually get his first cap, but more to come there. However, for the third spot, I had mentioned Gaga Slonina if Chelsea were to release him. And if not, then I said a veteran like Brad Guzan as an unpopular uh, of a selection as that would have been. However, Anthony Hudson decided to give the nod to someone who has never been called in before, but is having a tremendous start to the season for inner Miami and MLS. And that is Drake Callender. I almost threw his name out last week as a wild card pick, but just didn't think he was quite there yet. And lo and behold, I was wrong for thinking that. Drake is a 25-year-old from California who played college soccer for the California Golden Bears and was part of the San Jose Earthquakes Academy prior to uh, his college career. So this is Calendar's first season in MLS after spending the past two seasons on loan to USL side Fort Lauderdale. I wouldn't expect Calendar to feature in this one, but it's a well-earned call-up nonetheless. Going to defense, I missed five of the selections. I was a bit disappointed with that. I thought Miles Robinson would once again be in the mix, but his performance during the Nations League proved he's back in the full squad and there isn't a need to risk him in a friendly. So in his absence, we see the return of Walker Zimmerman, Aaron Long, DeAndre Yedlin, Julian Gressel, Matt Miazga, Caleb Wiley, Shaq Moore, and Joshua Winder. And also, Serginho Des. A couple of surprises in this group. And again, if you're keeping count, I missed on Robinson. Jalen Neal, 
I thought would be called back in since his play with the Galaxy this season has been phenomenal. I missed Dewan Jones and John Tolkien as well. So I predicted eight in this group and Hudson went with nine, which makes me wonder if we go with a more defensive look against Mexico in the form of a 5-4-1 type of formation potentially. So anyways, let's talk about those surprises in this group. Seeing Serginho Des for me was a massive surprise. I didn't see that one coming despite his lack of playing time with AC Milan at the moment. However, he is an immediate starter in this squad, and it'll be interesting to see how he lines up with the MLS guys also out there. Another surprise is Matt Miazga, who was very outspoken and still is about his feelings towards Greg Berhalter. And finally, the 17-year-old Josh Winder from the USL side, Louisville City, getting his first call-up. I had spoken about his potential last year, but selecting him over someone like Neil is a bit of a head-scratcher for me, regardless of how talented he truly is. Heading to the midfield. Last week, I had the group, uh, I had grouped the attacking wingers with the midfield group, and I left the strikers as their own group. But for today, I will break the two into their rightful groups to show you how Hudson selected the squad himself. So, we have six players in the midfield. We have Kellen Acosta. Aiden Morris, Christian Roldan, James Sands, Alan Sonora, and Jackson Yule. I had Acosta, Morris, and Sonora correct. I also predicted Eric Williamson. However, he tore his ACL for the second time in two years, so he will be unavailable for the remainder of the year. Seeing Jackson Yule move into that spot is serviceable as he has 16 national team appearances to his name, but he isn't going to wow anybody with his play. I like the James Sands call-up. He was someone who just missed out on the World Cup roster, and he has the versatility to play defensive midfield or center back, as we saw during his time with Rangers in Scotland last season. He's back with New York City FC in the MLS now, and he still has a ton of potential. As for the Christian Roldan inclusion, you all know how I feel about this one. I laughed when I saw his name appear on the list. Again, I just don't rate him with the national team at all. He's a great MLS player. He is not an international level player. However, Roldan did have to withdraw from the squad due to a concussion injury, so he won't play a part on Wednesday, and I do not believe we will see a replacement player called in on short notice. So hopefully the concussion's not too serious and that he can get back with Seattle in due time. Moving into the final group of attackers, we have five players called in all of whom I correctly guessed would be in there. But again, I grouped these all differently. So you've got Cade Cowell, Jordan Morris, Jesus Ferreira, Brandon Vasquez, and Paul Areola. The ones I missed here were Alejandro Zendejas, who broke his nose recently, and although the U.S. Nins national team staff requested him to join this game, he was not released by his club to play. I missed Jack McGlynn, From the Philadelphia Union, I thought he might be a wild card pick. And the final miss of mine was Nicholas Giacchini from St. Louis City FC. I thought maybe add an extra striker and get him in there. However, not his chance. I should also add that Paul Ariola is also having to withdraw from the squad due to a hamstring injury. And he's being replaced on the roster by a midfielder named Paxton Pomkul from FC Dallas. He was featured in Camp Cupcake and is still only 23 years old, so he could also use this as an opportunity to impress Hudson and staff. So overall, we're going to have 22 players in camp now with Roldan not being replaced. Again, nothing to get overly excited about. Mexico 
is bringing in a very strong squad comparative to ours. They are still lacking their few European club players, but they have a lot of their senior regulars based out of the Mexican league, and they will be desperately looking to win this match and try to regain some sort of momentum heading into the summer after losing to the U.S. three times last year and having a disappointing World Cup. One of the first questions I received last week when the roster was released was, who got snubbed? So let's go right into that. And the first one I mentioned was Jalen Neal. I think that's my top one at this, at this point. Like Aaron Long looks terrible with LAFC this season and has no business being with the national team anymore. If you watch any of Sunday's El Trafico match between the Galaxy and LAFC, you would have chosen Neal over Long every minute of that match. It just doesn't make sense to me. But again, Hudson is an interim coach and it's his decision, not mine. A second snub I felt was John Tolkien, the left back out of the New York Red Bulls. I will say this. It's less to do with him being snubbed because of the Dest inclusion. I think if Dest isn't released by AC Milan, then Tolkien, he's on the roster. I could list others on here that have potential and maybe deserve a chance to be called in, but I can't call them snubs. So I'm going to keep, or so I'm not going to keep going on this. Again, at the end of the day, this is a glorified scrimmage. Of course that we will want to win because it's against Mexico. You always want to beat Mexico, but it means absolutely nothing at all. Let me repeat that one last time. This friendly against Mexico, win or lose, means absolutely nothing at all. We don't need to harp on this. I know we're talking about it. We've got two episodes. Friday, we'll recap the result. But again, it means absolutely nothing at all to this team, to this program, or to anyone involved. It's a glorified scrimmage. I also want to point out one other thing. I mentioned Timothy Tillman, the brother of Malik Tillman. He plays for LAFC now uh, from Bayern Munich's uh, you know youth academies programs. He is still technically a German international until he files a one-time switch. So thank you for the individual that pointed that out to me on Twitter. Uh, in order for Timothy Tillman to join the U.S. national team, he's going to have to file a one-time switch, similar to what Alejandro Zendejas has done and others as, as well as dual nationals. So um, a name to keep uh, an eye out on. He's somebody that I think might sneak into uh, a U.S. squad at some point this year if he keeps his play up with LAFC. All right. Um, with that being said, let's predict a starting 11 from this group and then make the absolute most meaningless match prediction of all time. So Sean Johnson will get the starting goal. Serginho Dest is going to start at left back. Walker Zimmerman and Matt Miazga are going to start at center back. And I'm going to put DeAndre Yedlin over Shaq Moore at right back. In the midfield, Kellen Acosta, Aiden Morris, and James Sands get the starts for me. In the attack, Cade Cowell on the left, Jesus Ferreira centrally, and Jordan Morris on the right. I know I mentioned potentially going with a 5-4-1 type of formation. And I think you could see that if James Sands starts. He can slide more into a center back slash center defensive midfield type of role. This would allow Dest and Yedlin to press higher up the field in the attack while keeping things tight in the middle of the field from a defensive standpoint. Against a stronger Mexican team like this, that's going to be absolutely necessary. So what do I think the score will be at the end of Wednesday night? Again, have I said this? Doesn't matter at all. Have I said this is meaningless yet? I can't remember if I've made that point clear enough. So I'll leave you with this. 
it will be a pro Mexican heavy crowd in Arizona. We are basically playing a B slash C squad of players against an A slash B squad of Mexican players. I know Mexico has been on the decline lately and has been in bad shape recently, but they've got a new manager. They've got some new players in the mix, and I think they win easily. So I've got Mexico three, USA one. It really doesn't matter. Okay. Well, moving on to some other quick news points for me today before we wrap things up. Again, I mentioned shorter episode, so here we go. Daryl DK, who we saw in our Nations League matches recently, went down over the weekend with what looks to be a ruptured Achilles tendon, most likely ending any hope of him being part of the U.S. plans for this summer and the remainder of the year. DK has struggled with injuries over the years and just can't seem to stay on the pitch. It's a major setback for the young man, but we will all be pulling for him to come back in a major way. So keep your head up, Daryl. On a different note, the U.S. found out their opponents on Friday for the 2023 Gold Cup this summer. We replaced in Group A, and the U.S. will face off against Jamaica, Nicaragua, and a team that is yet to qualify in their preliminary rounds. That final spot in the group will be one of four nations. And I'm going to butcher the names of all of these, but Curaçao, St. Kitts and Nevis, French Guiana, or St. Martin. Mexico, on the other hand, managed to draw, arguably, the most difficult group with Haiti, Honduras, and Qatar joining them in Group B. Qatar is a guest of the Gold Cup, which is why you'll see them there. If the U.S. and Mexico each win their group, they won't see each other until the final. However, if Mexico or the U.S. slips up and one finishes first or second, they'll see each other a lot sooner than that. All right, and finally, ESPN released an interview that they had this week with Zach Steffen. He spoke about a season with Middlesbrough where he has become their number one goalkeeper without question again. He spoke about Man United legend Michael Carrick, who is their head coach, and the influence that he's had since taking the squad over, and he also spoke about the disappointment he had in missing the World Cup. Now, Stefan and Greg Berhalter go way back. They have a long history as Berhalter was Stefan's club coach with Columbus Crew, and then was Berhalter's undisputed number one for the majority of Berhalter's tenure until this final past year, I would say. Stefan took the high road with his disappointment, making sure to support the boys and cheering them on. However, the most interesting part of the interview was Stefan mentioning that he hasn't spoken a word to Burhalter since the omission. Not a single word. And the way he said it, if you have an opportunity, go find the clip on ESPN. The way he said it was a definitive no. And he said he thought they were closer and pretty much said, yeah, I guess not. So pretty top-class stuff there from Greg Berhalter, and pretty telling once again with what an ego-driven POS Greg is as a leader. How do you leave somebody that you've been so close to and you just completely let go of it? I understand he might not be the head coach anymore, but that's just disrespectful. And it just shows me the lack of care that he has with managing these players in this roster. I know he's still in this coaching consideration for the U.S. national team. I know there were reports last week saying Ernie Stewart and the U.S. were really close and they really wanted to bring him back, but absolutely not U.S. soccer. 
do not bring Greg Berhalter anywhere back around this U.S. national team program. All right, well, that's it for today's roster breakdown. I know today was short and sweet, but there will be more later this week with another episode dropping on Friday where we will recap the friendly against Mexico and we're going to get into some more topics across U.S. soccer. As always, if there is something you would like discussed on the show, please send me a message on Instagram or Twitter or email me directly at will.clark at thesoccerpints.com. Thanks again to Green Bench for letting me feature you this week. I'm looking forward to your feature on Friday. Until next time, cheers, my friends.